Well, Alex, I just got done uh, taste testing some mule deer. I uh, finally uh, had, and you wouldn't believe what we had, man. You're going to be jealous. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is it, is it what I want? Yes. It's, it? to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the venison venison with broccoli, man. Oh, oh. it's so good. It's it so is, good. Man. And uh, even the kids love it. You know, that's kind of like a, that's like a grown-up dish, you know? Mm-hmm. But the kids, the kids love it too. It's just so delicious. Just, just rub it in more. Just rub it in there, more. Well, you can come back out and visit, buddy, and uh, we'll I, I will. I'm telling you, like you need to know that that needs to be on the menu <laughs> when I come over. Well, maybe, we can, maybe we can, <laughs> Caleb and I can convince you to come out here and do some shed hunting with us this spring mm-hmm. or something. But, oh man! But uh, no, it's great. Um, I took Jonas out hunting actually this evening. I went into work today, and. You know, New Year's Day has never been a big holiday in my family. Like, I think we went to maybe five or less. I can remember five or less times when we, like, really celebrated New Year's. Um, Okay. For whatever reason, my family just, like, we we went all in on Christmas, and then by the time New Year's came around, it just, you know, it was kind of another night. Watched a lot mm-hmm. of, bowl, you know, watched bowl games and stuff like that. But, yeah, uh, you know, beyond that, it just wasn't, wasn't much of anything going on. So I went into work today, and I didn't realize how much the world celebrates New Year's Day. Yeah, it's crazy, I was the only – I, I even, like, slept in an extra half an hour or something. I went in a little bit late. Um, I, was, I think I drove past one vehicle, and I have a 20-minute ride to work. I think I passed wow. one vehicle at like seven, you know, forty-five in the morning or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and uh, I couldn't believe that. So I was the only one at, at work today, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get this one task done. And I'm going to go back home, and I'm going to spend some time with my family, and I'm going to mm-hmm. um, enjoy the the rest of the day. So uh, I did that, and, and in doing so, it gave me like an hour to get out with Jonas and uh, hunt the late muzzleloader uh, season here in Iowa, which brings me to my uh, first point in our conversation. Tonight we're going to talk about um, just the threats that hunting faces from the not, you know, the, the anti hunting uh, community. And um, this first story that I'm going to tell you is not because of anti hunters. It just illustrates the hoops that if you're, you know, going to be a hunter, you're going to have to jump through some hoops. And, uh, this one was about when I went to get my late season muzzleloader tag, um, uh, that I was using tonight. Uh, so you can order tags online here in Iowa, like in most States in Iowa though. And I'm glad they do this. They send you like a legit, sticker tag that you're going to wrap around the antler or, you know, around the back foot. Um, in Nebraska, you just printed it off on a piece of mm-hmm. computer paper, which was super convenient. So of crazy. Course. But yeah, it just felt <laughs> so weird and it's not durable at all, you know? And uh, so I like that Iowa gives you a, a good physical tag and, but you have to wait at least like seven business days to get that tag in the mail and i wasn't sure what i was going to do for my gun season yet this year i figured it was going to be late muzz but i you know 
if there was going to be like a crazy weather front to hunt in October, I might may have tried to do early muzz um, or even try one of the regular gun seasons. But uh, anyways, it all ended up with me having to go in to buy a tag in person from the store, from a, a, a dealer, right, that sells tags. And um, Hy-Vee grocery stores are big here in Iowa. And I've bought tags from Hy-Vee in the past. And so that's kind of what I figured on doing. I had to get some other groceries from the store for the family that night. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to knock this out here at the customer service desk. And I get there, and uh, it wasn't good, man. <laughs> the uh, They had no idea. They kicked you out? No, they, were, they didn't kick me out. They were just like... They were looking at like all their forms that they have, like on like the oh, little yeah. form thing. It's like, oh brother, it's not, yeah, it's, it's not what, it's not one of those. I can tell you that right mm-hmm. now. You gotta have like a machine that prints this thing out, man. And uh, so, sure enough, they no longer sell them at that high V, I guess. All right, so I walk over to the store next next door, which is Tyson's, which is like a uh, an outdoor, uh, you know, farm and and uh, farm home outdoors type store and uh hardware store kind of and uh i go there i knew for sure i'd be able to get one there but right away i i don't like going in there because they only ever have one cashier working and there's always a, a slow moving line i wanted to be quick you know get home spend time with the family sure and so <clears throat> i get in there sure enough i got a 10 minute wait just to get up to the the cashier the counter. Yep. Hey, I'd like a tag. And she's like, okay. So she's got to call somebody up to the front of the store. And she's like, okay, go step over there and go stand by that, you know, computer over there. So I do that, go over there. Guy comes up, he knows what he's doing, which is great. That's not always a guarantee. Um, but he, he's, he's been there, done that gets me my, my tag. And he's like, all right, uh, I'm going to give this to the cashier and you're going to pay her. Well, in the course of that happening, there's now like a six person line that I already uh-huh. wait I already waited my turn in, right? Yeah. So now I gotta get back in line for another ten to fifteen minutes just to go pay for the thing that I waited in line ten to fifteen minutes to ask to get. And right there that illustrates in some ways hunting is like it, you get almost a little bit of the second class treatment. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. It's not like it's an intentional thing, but it's viewed as this, Oh, you know, uh, that's just, you're just doing something for fun. Like that's recreation. Right. Work comes before play boy, get in the, you know, get in the other line. You know, it's like, uh, why can't I just like keep my spot in line? And I, or why can't this guy just, you know, sell it to me or whatever. Sure. But, but, uh, I bring it up because, Um, not that I felt like unjustly treated or anything like that, but there is, um, you know, this concept that what we do is just for recreation. It's just, it's just our version of having a boat that we go and wax on Saturday mornings or, or having a hot rod in the garage that we go on Sunday cruises with or, or what, you know, like it's just. Oh, that's that's one flavor of hobby. Here's your flavor of hobby. And let's be honest, there is some 
there is some truth to that. Like it's not totally not that way. But I also think that when you look at how your family eats, how my family eats, how how uh, every other co-host on here, their family eats, we depend yeah. on game meat as groceries. Like, uh, yeah. and somebody could say, well, you don't need to do that. You can go get all the meat you could ever want at the grocery store. Um, not always true, but uh, yeah, usually true. However, it's not what we're after we want clean meat coming from a wild animal that's living a free range uh life right and 100 and uh there's only one way to do that you know and so uh i i liken hunting more to a lifestyle if you're into it as much as we are and if we're gonna partake in our lifestyle we have society has said that's fine, which thankfully they have, but you're going to have to jump mm-hmm. through all these hoops, right? Um, yeah, 100%. Think of the hoops that we have to jump through that the great hunters of old didn't even have to think about. You know what I mean? Now, they yeah, had other challenges. It was normal. <laughs> sure. You know, they had other challenges for sure. But uh, uh, it's if it, society said if you're going to hunt, you're going to jump through these hoops. And – so far it's you know that's okay and in a lot of ways i'm all for it because it keeps game around obviously when there was no regulations on hunting we didn't handle it well right we were the we were the three-year-old allowed to go crazy in the candy store you know it was Mm -hmm. it was not good so we need some of that but it also provides a chance to like clamp down on us right um when when something is viewed as a privilege and not a right, um, it's more likely to be taken away or at least at least clamped down on. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, push back on. Right. And I don't know about you, buddy, but I'm kind of sensing – I mean, it's always there. Like there's, there's always this anti-hunting push in the background. But over the last few months, it has felt – like it is really picked up. And again, that's not what happened to me when I was buying my hunting license. I'm not saying that. Uh, right. It was just annoying, right? It was just annoying. Yeah, I, 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 get I, it. I was being treated like I'm going after a privilege instead of a right is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But what I've been seeing is uh, Colorado especially. Now, I know everyone's going to think that I'm talking about wolves. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about here. I do think that you could make a case that it's related to that. Um, I, I absolutely think that's, that's possible, but I'm thinking more of like the banning trophy hunting bill that's, uh, trying to be, uh, pushed through here, uh, right. where, where Colorado, that's a lie. It's a yeah, lie. Yeah. <laughs> where Colorado's come out to say, Hey, no trophy hunting. Okay. What does that count as? Is a mallard a trophy? Is, right. is a, uh, you know, a big horn sheep, a trophy, you know, uh, he, with something as open-ended as that, that leaves a lot of latitude. Now, thankfully, uh, the public has been good about defending um, defending hunters for the most part, and we're, they're still able to hunt. But uh, that's the kind of talk that gets me uh, – that, that makes me, yeah, concerned and nervous. Yeah, and, I hear you. 
And uh, there's another article that just came out a few weeks ago. I saw it circulating a little bit. And then a former coworker of mine uh, actually sent it to me. And uh, uh, one of my best friends, uh, who's also a hunter and, you know, just a very thoughtful guy, he sent it to us and said, hey, what do you guys think about this? And the way he worded it was, this is going viral in some different communities. And this okay. guy, this guy's a smart guy. He he pays attention to uh, um, conservation issues mostly, <clears throat> so he follows like a million uh, uh, conservation pages, environmentalism pages. And honestly, I'm a I'm a weird. You you couldn't guess my politics, people. I'm sorry. You you, you might think I you might think I'm I'm something, but but uh, I guarantee you won't be able to pin me down because I can't pin myself down politically. Um, I, I, uh, have a lot of different viewpoints on a lot of different things. And I, I can oftentimes be found in like the tree hugger community. However, yeah, why are you so difficult? That's right. However, <laughs> when it comes to hunting, I'm, I would be at odds with much of the tree hugger community. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so this friend of mine who sent this to me, this former colleague, he, he, um, he's definitely follows those tree hugger pages. We'll just say the, the, you know, the old school view of what an environmentalist is. Right. And this article was being passed around quite a bit within there. And, uh, it's based on a study, uh, that was done through, uh, Cornell, I believe. Um, let me pull it up here right now. My, my computer, um, so it's uh, from the Oxford Academic website on uh, the American Institute of Biological Sciences. And it's mm-hmm. a journal article that was put together um, uh, and, re- and released in December. Well, actually, no, it was published uh, the 16th of November, but then it was featured in Bioscience um, uh, of, 2000, of 2003. Or of December 2023. Sorry, I'm getting my dates all mixed up there. The The name of the article was The Role of Governance in Rewilding the United States to Stem the Biodiversity Crisis. And um, uh, what it's basically saying is, it's, and it's not really an article, it's a scientific it's it's a scientific uh, survey, basically. They gave out this survey where they they gave it to just shy of four thousand people, which is my first beef with the thing. On uh, <clears throat> and they had nine different states represented. Uh, four of those states were New England states, and I think there's only like six six uh, New England states. I think. Um, so, or there's six New England states. So almost all of New England is represented in their nine state selection. They did not Pretty include, yeah, they did not include Alaska. They, uh, the only Western state they included, uh, was Colorado. Uh, mm-hmm. interesting, right? Uh, right. They also, the only Midwestern state they included was Minnesota, which is the Colorado of the Midwest. And, uh, they also um, did not include any southern states, uh, and um, so 
So yeah, so pretty, uh, in my opinion, pretty uh, small number of of people being surveyed and a pretty uh, uh, poor representation of what they then extrapolate to the rest of the country to be feeling on how game management practices are done and prioritized in North America. Uh, did you notice? Did you notice that stuff as well, Alex, in the study? Yes. Yeah. Very much so. It was. It was interesting. I I wasn't as uh, I guess detailed on the amount of people that took it, but the states picked was. It, it, it's an interesting choice. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, and and uh, one of the states that was not a. New England state uh, that was on there was uh, New York, which, you know, that's right next to those New England states. Um, uh, trying to think what else was was in there. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, if you had to look at a political map uh, on that had blue and red uh, highlights on it, it'd be a lot of blue, right? And yeah. And I'm not trying to, like, start some kind of political debate here. Like I said, you might think I, I, I'm, a, I'm a through and through red voting person, and that is not true. I'm too, I have too nuanced of an opinion on, on most issues to be, to be categorized that way. And, and, uh, but the fact of the matter is when it comes to hunting, uh, uh, blue-sided politics typically are not accepting of hunting and uh, not in every case by any means but in a lot of ways if, if you had to break it down into that that's how you would see so that was that was a major flaw I found in this study but what this study was saying was um, that and, and here's where the next big flaw came they gave uh, they gave the people that were surveyed a list of, I can't remember the number it was like 10, uh, it was like six to 10, um, priorities for what they wanted their state, uh, fish and game agencies to, uh, make wildlife decisions based off of. And what mm-hmm. they found, and this was, so this was something that the author of the study, what they put forward, uh, they came up with those priorities on the list. Okay. How they yep. came up with them, it doesn't really say, um, but they, they put it out there. Hey, of, of these handful of, of issues, um, what do you want your state to prioritize, rank them from, you know, greatest priority to least priority. And of those things that they had, one of them was rewilding. Now, what is rewilding? Rewilding is where you're trying to return an area on the map back to its original uh, pre-European settled uh, uh, conditions. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not against that. Okay, this is this is Kent the tree hugger again. I love that. I love going to areas. I mean, look, if you're a backcountry hunter or angler, those are the areas you're trying to find, right? When you when we're when we're out in northwest Montana and we're 
trudging around through those huge, vast forests, that's one of the reasons we're there. We want it to, to feel pristine. We want it to be go up to the boundary waters, you know, the most pristine wilderness area in our country. You want mm-hmm. it to stay that way. You want it to be like what it's been forever, you know, uh, or at least since the last major uh, <laughs> glaciation event or whatever. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, sure. you know, when Caleb and I were out in western Nebraska, that's largely – other than cows grazing and untouched landscape. I love being in those places. But um, to say that that uh, um, rewilding is, is uh, the top priority for everyone in the country is just not going to be accurate. Um, I think the biggest flaw is going to be, again, uh, probably the limited number of options on this survey. And uh, then the other thing is um, who they're interviewing. Uh, go talk to a guy who's running cows on thousands of acres in, um, you know, uh, Oklahoma or or uh, running sheep in Montana or, you know, go on down the list, right? Uh, they're like, we have to live here. And so because of that, um, we're going to have a changed landscape. And because of that, we can't just say, oh, there used to be bison in Iowa. Well, by all means, let's put bison back into Iowa. Oh, we used to have elk, drop them off. You know, used to have wolves, drop them off. And then have no habitat for any of these these creatures. And habitat management and 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 they they did have a habitat thing on there but they worded it improved habitat for game species as yeah. as a list and that was or that was one of the items on the list and so i know i'm kind of all over the place here people i'm trying to condense this down into a, a brief enough pick and bones here but uh because they the respondents on the survey of that handful of options placed rewilding above Habitat improvement for for game species, or management for game species, uh, uh, because they place that higher on of those list of options. This article is stating. So let me go to the other article that was in Newsweek that said uh, uh, this. Scientists. So listen to this headline. Scientists warn American promotion of hunting is ruining the environment. Listen to that. Wow. That is all... That's lopsided. Yeah. Newsweek takes that study that we were just talking about, and they come up with that headline, and that's the thing. So this Newsweek article is what's been circulating, okay? And, again, it's taken from a lopsided, politically represented group of people it's giving them a unfair limit on the the issues that they can rank on this survey because if i had that survey based on the options that were on there i probably would have said rewilding was my was my top priority on there as well because the other options just didn't make sense but i would also say mm-hmm. there's got to be but before we can rewild, are we going to actually have habitat for these animals to live? Are we going to have right. 
place where bison can roam in Iowa? Because we are like, you know, hundreds of thousands of acres of habitat, at least short, of anywhere near having habitat for free-ranging bison or elk in Iowa. You know, there, there's, and, and most hunters, in fact, I work in the habitat restoration business. Uh, that's, that's, that's my life's work at this point, right? Um, avid hunter. And I deal with hunters all the time as the people who are the most dedicated to re- putting in large expanses of habitat that would allow for a rewilding effort. And, you know, <clears throat> I don't think that the goal of this this picking bones is just going to be to continue picking apart this study. I want, I, I again, it's hard to condense it all into a 30-minute conversation, but I wanted to, you know, give you guys some ammunition for if this article comes your way. I saw someone posted on Instagram recently, um, again, this coworker former coworker reached out to me about it it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be talked about and you chances are some of you listening in have seen it yourselves um those are just some ways to look in between the lines and kind of pick that thing apart but what i see this as alex is um going back to the 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 Colorado what's going on with Colorado with the trophy hunting ban proposal Um, the state of Washington I don't know if uh, you've seen some of that stuff that's going on Alex where they've there's been people on the uh, course it's been going on for a few years now where they took away the bear season because um, I can't remember there was a, a you know a gridlock on the the committee so there was yep. a committee of politicians that decide on fish and game laws and they couldn't decide on the spring bear hunt. So they just suspended it. Right. Um, well, now there's a politician on that committee who <clears throat> said something to the effect of hunters need to um, accept the fact that uh, um, they're not going to have the loudest voice at the table anymore. Something, something along those lines. Right. Um, and uh, they're they're basically going along the lines of you know what this article is saying, and what I see this as, um, I mean, Alex, let's look in the last five to ten years, hunting has gained some incredibly powerful voices from some mm-hmm. some uh, from at least popular. Popular uh, stand, you know, the popular vote, I guess you'd say, would be on their side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guys like Randy Newberg, Stephen Ranella, Donnie Vincent, um, uh, even Joe Rogan and Cam Haynes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Jocko. I don't, I don't know how to say his last name, Willink or something like that. Yep, uh, you got it. The, these are guys with huge social media followings, huge YouTube channels, huge podcasts. And, uh, you know, some of them have even written, you know, widely circulated uh, books. And they're, they've changed in a very positive way 
the public's view on hunting, I feel. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for the most part. I think I think probably Rogan has opened it up a lot because yeah. he has such a large, large audience of all walks of life. Right. I feel like the other ones are still positioned much more niche towards our grouping of folks in the hunting industry. Yeah, that's a fair point. But I think I think we need more of that. We need more Rogans out there to expose more people to some other other thoughts because you know even even looking at that study that that we were talking about, I think I think there's a large amount of people that are sitting on the fence mm. and they need they need some form of conviction or maybe it's convincing or maybe even education. For them to choose which side of the fence they're on you know and it, it might it might take hearing a rogan or you know even even i don't know I, I i just think there's a huge opportunity for folks that are not in the hunting industry to talk about how they went and you know got some got fish or maybe they they were on a hunting trip and mm -hmm. you know they got they got to see somebody eating bear and they tried it and like getting just a different thought process out there, almost, you know, non, non-directional, maybe in an indirect format, mm -hmm. and and it, and it spurs more conversation. So, you know, e even looking at this article, I mean, if if I was to answer it, I would have said habitat, you know, loss would have been a, a big focal point for me. Like we need to continue protecting oh, yeah. the habitat, Absolutely. because what's the number one thing about what's causing the eradication of species it's loss of habitat yeah right it's, yep. it's not oh yeah that's it's not one. predators right right it's not it's and the other thing that it doesn't talk about is you know we're talking about species that were there before us mm -hmm. and now you add us into the mix i mean we're we're the top predator <laughs> yeah you know so we're trying to restore something that is from before our time in a sense in, in that area. And that's the, that's the tough part of this whole deal. You know, it's like, well, we have less habitat. We're trying to bring back species that were not there with us. And yep. then we're still trying to have food that's for our lifestyle because, you know, we don't want anybody touching our food. Right. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah, let's, you know, we've talked about it enough. Let's, let's, I, I did find here in the study, these, so these are the items on, on the list. So this is back from the original study that I, I named earlier. So these are the items that the participants had to look at. <clears throat> and they said they're randomized in terms of order or presentation. And they included the following restoration of species that are locally extinct or imperiled. That's the rewilding one. Next option is increasing opportunities to hunt or trap species. Next one is purchasing or leasing lands to create re recreational access. Next one is management of existing lands to improve habitat. And then the next one is and, uh, or the removal of invasive or exotic species. So very limited list there. Um, the closest one to like, like what I would want to see is the management of existing lands, uh, 
um, the managing of existing lands to improve habitat. Um, the my problem with that one is, uh, yes, like let's make habitat better, but we need more. We need more land. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's okay, great. You made the very like here in Iowa, we rank forty eighth for amount of public land where the state game and fish agencies actually have the power to <clears throat> to make a difference. Right? The there's there's such a limited amount of that land that it's not enough to to make a difference. Right? So. Right. It makes sense that a lot of people went with what the the result was, right? The restoration of species that are locally extinct or imperiled because the rest of the options on that list are not very good and yep. don't make a lot of sense. And so uh, that's just to say, you know, why, why people went their way. But, but, yeah, going back to what Alex said, these people that have provided a voice and even, even another one who's probably gotten out, not, not as much as – Rogan has, of course. Um, but Steve Rinell, you know, if you watch the recent American Buffalo documentary, Ken Burns documentary on public television, Steve was in that. Um, several years ago, uh, Leonardo uh, DiCaprio uh, did his Mountain Men or or uh, what was it? The Men Who Built America series where he talked about um, some famous frontiersmen and so forth from history, like Kit Carson and Daniel Boone and Davy Crockett and Ranella made it on there too. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was on the history channel. And so some of these guys are getting an audience outside of the hunting community. And of course, uh, a lot of those guys, or at least some of them have been on Rogan's podcast as well. Um, they, they've they've helped you know improve public perception on hunting and then you have this new weapon in the hunting community for uh protecting hunting rights which is howl uh howl has been an absolute sledgehammer for defending uh hunting rights and so what I really think a lot of this comes from, because when you dig into this study, it's a very poor study. It, it honestly feels like a uh, freshman, uh, you know, <laughs> freshman biology uh, type research, it, freshman in college, not high school, but freshman in college level study is what it felt like to me reading it. And this is, this is coming from a guy who, um, you know, has, has his college degrees in biology and stuff, you know, like, like I used to be a biology teacher. So, so that's what this study felt like. However, when you give it a headline, let's go back to Newsweek here. Scientists warn American promotion of hunting is ruining the environment. When you give it a title like that, um, that's being used as a weapon. And it brings me back to, I feel that the hunting community is making the anti-hunting community sweat in these recent years um, because of the progress that has been made in defending hunting. And uh, I feel like the next uh, move is going to be intellectual attacks on hunting. 
they're going to try and make hunting seem like it doesn't make sense. And, um, that's, they're going to get, that's going to be easier to gain ground with, uh, than, you know, going around and throwing paint on people wearing fur coats and, you know, the, the, you know, the PETA type attacks and, the the other stuff that people can just write off as, oh, that, you know, that, that person's crazy, you know, because when you see an article in Newsweek, it doesn't seem so crazy. You know what I mean? It does, it doesn't, it, it, it's, it's, uh, more subtle, I guess, but I think you can expect to see more of these things pick up. Obviously it is in the, uh, in, you know, these state legislators are, are, pushing forward bills that are not good for, you know, the freedom to hunt in this country in the long run. And so we as a hunting community, we got to stay on it with Howell. Howell is, is going to continue to be an absolute sledgehammer uh, of a, of a tool for us to protect our hunting rights. And um, uh, we need to walk around, uh, you know, at this point, we're in the you know role of being hunted a little bit, right? Got to be like that big mm-hmm. old buck who's got his uh, nose to the wind and uh, has got his ears perked <laughs> and uh, is waiting for trouble to come because uh, we got to step up and and defend ourselves and uh, take take action to to keep what we have, right? But also, we need to be a good representative for hunting too. Um, every time there's a poaching story that breaks, uh, that's where what stays in our community um, spills out in a very negative way to the rest of mm-hmm. you know the rest of the world, and it may, it gives us a bad black eye. So be yeah. an ethical hunter. Don't cut corners on the laws. Do do what's right, and um, you know be a good rep, but also um, keep fighting for hunting don't give up on it uh keep keep fighting the good fight and uh protect what we have and we'll get to keep it any final thoughts Agreed. Alex? yeah i mean you know the intellectual thing it's it, it's interesting you say that because i've felt that we can educate folks more and i feel like that's intellectual so it'd be an interesting battle but i think that we we lose ground on like the forums and our facebook pages and stuff for Mm. like you know unfortunately some of the stupidity that people put out there right and then people use it against us so you know that's a that's an interesting it's an interesting war it's like a keyboard war Mm -hmm. in some regard so but yeah it's tough but yeah to your point howell's been instrumental and I think I think that's really a huge opportunity, and we need to get more people involved with them because yeah. I still feel like they're in their infancy, and they've yeah. had such a, you know, Charles has done such a good job with it, but it's yeah. still small relative to what it sh- what it should be and could be. Yeah. So. And I've heard. So yeah, we got I've heard people within the hunting community knock Howl, and it's like, please stop talking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like they're no. Dumb. Yeah. The, we know from talk from from talking with Charles just how effective mm-hmm. it is and and it, there's nothing close to it. And so yeah. support Howl if uh you're looking for a good organization to donate some money to, Howl would be it. 
Um, also, just simply get on there, register your account so you can easily uh, just check every now and then t- what you need to uh, you know send out emails for. And it automates it. It makes it so quick to get those emails out and uh, to let your voice be heard on some of these um, terrible laws that are trying to be put into place uh, that would definitely hurt our ability to hunt. So thanks uh, so much, Alex, for weighing in on this one with me. Uh, it's an important one. been sitting on it for a few weeks. Um, <laughs> please remember, everyone, this podcast is presented by Spartan Forge. Definitely get on board with them this time of year. It is so important to be getting some good quality scouting done. Um, I'm being reminded just how hard it is uh, to hunt the late season. It's hard to locate the deer. Um, mm-hmm. been using Spartan Forge a lot to help with that. And then also uh, you want to get out to a place like Colorado while you can still do some trophy hunting out there. Now, I'm optimistic we're going to knock this down. Um, so after we defeat the bill, you can keep on going out there and doing some trophy hunting. Um, and who knows, maybe even someday you'll be able to draw a wolf tag out in Colorado. Oh, my that'd goodness. Be, now you're really cool. talking. Yeah. Uh, you, you can, uh, go to eastwesthunts.com and set up a free consultation with Alex and, uh, get whatever you're wanting to get rolling for your hunt plans put together. Alex will give you the best personalized one-on-one always available to help, um, uh, you know, custom fit consultation work and he'll help you with your tag applications he'll do all the paperwork for you he'll he'll uh, make it happen whatever level of help you need alex is there for you uh tell him you listen to this podcast you can save yourself 10 percent. and uh then when you shoot something really cool and take it to old barn taxidermy use that extra money you saved on uh, uh with east to west hunts and uh get you know a bear rug or a nice mountain lion uh, a mountain kitty, get a nice mountain mm-hmm. kitty mount, or you know, just a classic shoulder mount like I've gotten, or or European mounts. I've gotten those. I've gotten uh, deer hides tanned, all sorts of good stuff from Old Barn Taxidermy. They are the best in the taxidermy business. Uh, you can uh, tell them that I sent you there, and that does me a lot of good, and um, um, it's good for them too. Uh, so please, please, please check out these partners with the show so thankful for all of them and um please still get out there and do some hunting still some good hunting left to to uh be had yet this season and uh you know what else is coming sheds so you keep your keep your mind on the sheds but uh (laughs) until next time everyone take care and take someone